A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's the difference between board gosh and off-board gosh? What did you say, Will? Oh, it was a terrible joke that should not be repeated. I said, what's the difference between board gosh and off-board oh. gosh? Like, oh, very, very good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, exactly, it got an O instead of a laugh, which is always a great sign for a joke. Welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's greatest fascinations and we try to work out whether they're worthy of the praise. They're likes, Hugh, but are they legitimate? My name's Will, and 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 I've already introduced Hugh. Damn it, that's oh. why that doesn't work. You said the first bit very fast as well. I'm always... In, you yeah, increase I, I the speed like, every time. <laughs> I want... Just because I know people are regular listeners, and they're like, we know what the podcast is, but then you need to do it for the new people. Welcome, new listeners. Can you hear? I, I thought it's just because it normally takes you so many takes that you the faster you get to the end. Barreled through it. Yeah. No, to be honest to you, I was just very excited about our two guests that we have today. Yeah, we have two guests, which is a first for the podcast. We've never had two guests before. Clearly, it's either that we've just got two incredible people on the topic, or else neither one on their own would have been good enough, so we've had to sort of double them up, you know? I don't know which... Which would it be, Will, would you say, before we introduce them? Uh, I stopped listening. Okay. Um, because I, I panicked about who I was going to introduce first. Uh, uh, so, I, I, uh, number two. Okay. Will we both introduce one at the same time? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, no, but what if we introduce the same person? That'd be terrible. Then the other one has to leave. <laughs> okay. So, please welcome to Legitimate Like... Emma! Author Matthew Smith. Oh. <laughs> okay, we messed that up. Uh, yeah. yeah. And author Emma Gleeson. Hello! <laughs> Hi, Emma. I'm also producer Matt Smith. Hello, how are Absolute you? shambles of an introduction. That was terrible. I'm so sorry, guys. We're going to cut it together beautifully. No one will ever know. <laughs> enjoying it. Uh, guys, how are you doing? Fantastic. I only realised before, like, just as you were doing the introduction, that we met on the set of a musical. No way. Yeah, absolutely. And have participated in many since. And, like, a really bad, a bad one. What was the musical? 
uh, a niche uh, unknown one called West Side Story. Um, Raci- racially true, done by South Dublin teenagers in the early noughties. <laughs> in the Sugar Club. In the Sugar in the Sugar Club, which yeah, obviously a well-known has musical theatre venue. The um the size and breadth to really kind of capture the beautiful choreography of um uh Jerome. What's his name? Anyway, the really exciting choreographer <laughs> who made that musical really special. I'd say there were some interesting accents going on there, yeah. Not as bad as when I played Kim, the um, sex-trafficked young Vietnamese girl oh, in yeah. Saigon the wow. following year. Range. You really got typecast after that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those musicals are like have aged problematically anyway without... Uh, a young yeah. South Dublin school doing them. <laughs> yeah. That's actually so true, Matt. Does that absolve us? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Will, as the yes. uh, one English person on the podcast, Thank I you. would like you. you now to do an impression of a D4 person playing one of the Puerto Ricans <laughs> in West Side Story. Uh, gosh, it's... it's that's awful. Uh, now, uh, what's happening? I've never seen West Side Story. Uh, did you go to Alex? Uh, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. It's yeah, you did your best. The did pressure best. It was as good as it was ever going to be. I realised I know nothing about West Side Story, Puerto Rico, <laughs> or Dublin Four. So that was that was my failing. Matt's character was called Gladhand. Hand. Oh, well remembered. I'm due to make a speech at Matt's wedding in the summer. And I've been trying to figure out a joke about that that isn't mm. fully creepy. Oh, well, you come to the right place. Any feedback would be great. <laughs> I mean, it does sound like a Bond girl. Glad hands, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting, but yeah, but funny. So speaking of disgusting and funny, hi, Anya. <laughs> hi. Do you guys like, do you guys like music? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Guys, the listeners don't even know why we're talking about musicals. <laughs> no, you guys have done uh, some fantastic heavy lifting for me. So we are here to talk about musicals. Uh, and what we usually like to do is to start with a little freewheeling quiz. Ah. Um, so you can all be on the one team or you can be on two teams. But I think one team would be more fun. Let's do one team. Yeah, it'd be hard to confer silently on the Zoom call. We'd have to be typing in the chat. We, we could put each other into breakout rooms, but uh, that might be a little overcomplicated. That's the teacher in me. You know? and, and we were discussing off air uh, that Emma is very excitingly the author of the book Stuff Happens, which I have just bought from the Gutter bookshop. Anya, thank you. Literally just bought. Literally just bought because if I, you know, it, 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 you know, it's, well, I don't know when you're listening to this, but it's early in the new year and it's a good time to declutter. And I'm a big fan of Marie Kondo and, um, um, I do, uh, I do an absolute takedown of Marie Kondo in the book. So, uh, I know I'm, jo- I'm absolutely joking. Oh. I'm absolutely joking. Oh. She does not spark Emma joy. So she's been got rid of. No, Take I do a kind of, a, I do, I kind of, um, culturally context, contextualize her. Um, I'm fascinated by her. So enjoy that. Well, I will report back. Maybe we'll do an episode on decluttering. Yeah. Yeah, Anya, whilst you do this quiz, I think I'm going to buy the book. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> this podcast has been completely derailed. <laughs> yeah, it's just propaganda for me. I'm delighted. Can I ask, though, because I don't know anything really about Marie Kondo. I understand the, the thing about getting rid of things that, that aren't important to you or whatever. But does she... Do you and she come from the same place? Like she's your thing Japanese. is about avoiding waste and avoiding no, sustainability. No, she's a, a weird capitalist who, uh, and my, you know, my book is about buying less stuff 
you know, getting to the root of clutter. Like, yeah. why do we? Why is decluttering a thing? It's because we all have too much rubbish that we do, we just buy mindless stuff. So it's about psychology of shopping and consumerism, as well as there was I found an Amazon. Emma's book should yesterday. be called "The Reluctant Marxist." Would be more appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I found an amazing Amazon review that was like, this is just a lecture about consumerism and the environment. If you're looking for help to declutter your house, you're on your own. <laughs> I mean, that was sort of it's what I was going for. It's pretty true. Um, like... Yeah. I'd like to note that Matt very kindly tried to order my book early on, but instead ordered the David Hare play, Stuff Happens, which is about... Um, well, you can tell you've read it, Matt. What is it about? Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, yeah. It's about decluttering in a way. It's about the in, invasion of Iraq by America and the run up to it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. And so, more eventful than Emma's book. Oh, you'd be surprised. Well, no, you clearly haven't read it, Hugh. It's more yeah. culturally seismic, some would say. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, 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 we'll crack into the quiz. We probably um, should. Please <laughs> save us from this, please. I've seen, only wants to get back to shopping. <laughs> um, so we'll start with an easy one. So Phantom of the Opera is the longest running Broadway show. But what's the second longest running Lion Broadway King. show? Lion King. Cats. Whoa. Okay, we've got two different answers, both yeah. equally confident. Mm. Now, Will, that's the expert's view. I think we should take a, a look at this. You know? Yeah, probably Hamilton mm. in it, mate. <laughs> yeah. Technically, um, that's been running that since uh, 1776. <laughs> Wow, guys! Both. Guys, talk us through your answers. Talk, talk us through your answers. So, Emma, my thing about the Lion King—how long do we think the Lion King's been running? Obviously, the movie only came out in the early '90s, whereas Cats. I, the I have to confess, not... I misunderstood the question. I thought it was highest grossing, longest running. Um, oh, yeah. I really think the Lion King is up there. If it's not second, it's definitely third. Lion King is like ninety-five, ninety-six. But would, Le- would Lion King be ahead of like Lame Is? I'd say they're yeah. Lame Is is probably. Did you guess Lame Is? No, I said Cats. But that film only came out very recently. <laughs> cats hasn't had a continuous run, though, I don't think. No, I just, but I just feel like it's been there for so long. Like, it's so old. Well, Emma, you're right that Lion King is the highest grossing musical. Ah, it's just yes. ruined on your mm. second question. Yeah. yeah, sorry, sorry. I've muddied the waters. <laughs> um, uh, continuously running. You've cluttered up this quiz. Uh, I'd say Lame is. Is it? No. It's actually one you haven't mentioned at all, if that helps. Well, it sounds like you're the one that's incorrect, Anya. <laughs> Rent. What was West Side Story? No, it's Chicago. Oh. Uh, have you guys ever, anyone ever been in a Chicago? Seriously, has anyone ever been to Chicago? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> or that too. Uh, Let's go no. on another tangent. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I have stage managed one. Uh, I oh, was wow. never sexually liberated enough to be in Chicago. Um, only, my... only to play a young Vietnamese prostitute in Miss Saigon. <laughs> and and um, uh, AIDS AIDS victims in Rent, as we also were participated in in the show. Oh club. yeah, you did, and didn't you? None none of the important issues were explained to us at all. Uh, it was terrible, <laughs> shocking. Um, uh, Chicago. Yeah, my sister was in a production which took place in the Beechwood Community Centre. So, you know, an atmospheric... <laughs> All the glamour an of 1920s. atmospheric place to Chicago. Um, Chicago is, is, is such a fun musical. And actually, I think the film is really good. Um, I is that Liza Minnelli? Never seen it. Never seen either. Pardon? 
Is that Liza Minnelli? No, it's Catherine Zeta-Jones and Renee sorry. Zellweger and, oh, that one. Um, okay. and Richard Gere, Richard who's, who tap dances and he's amazing. And Queen Latifah, it's brilliant. I, I really Ooh. would recommend. Anya's right. just added it to her cart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so a second question. Which of the following movies has never been made into a musical? Carrie, The Exorcist, and American Psycho. Ooh. Oh, wow. I mean, mm. can I just say, so as, as the listeners, some listeners will know, I don't do any uh, horror films. I, I can't. I'm, I'm a massive coward. I'm saying. And I get scared yeah. by them all. But I think if I were to embrace the horror genre, it would be through musicals. I think, I think that could be the approach for me. As long as the songs weren't too scary. You know, a nice upbeat uh, version of some exercise <laughs> songs. Uh, may the power of Christ, oh, the power yeah, of Christ. Yeah. What's it going to do? It's going to compel you. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> like, it's so hard to do anything scary on stage. Like, we went to a Peter James play in the UK a couple of years ago because we knew it would be crap. And it was. And we guessed on the way what it was about. And I guessed right that it was about a haunted Alexa. And like, man, it was absolutely butters. <laughs> the whole thing was so terrible. And I think it's just like the production was bad anyway. But like, I just think it's so hard to try and do something scary and not look totally ridiculous on stage. I think Carrie, I think Carrie is a musical. That's the one I think I know. Okay. I think the, I thought The Exorcist was made into a musical, but... I mean, it's been around for so long, surely it, surely it has. And American Psycho, American Psycho would be a great musical. I'd love to see Christian Bale play that as a American musical. American Psycho would be an excellent musical. Mm. Will we go American Psycho? Hasn't been? Well, I've just discovered something a bit embarrassing. Oh, yes. Here we <laughs> they've go. All been made, they've all been made into <laughs> musicals. <laughs> I, my my initial deep dive, I thought The Exorcist hadn't been, but actually it has been. In 2013, uh, there was a musical parody made of it, so I don't know if Oh, well, that's, that. that counts. That counts. Absolutely. All musicals are really yeah, yeah. parodies. But Carrie ha- has had, uh, it did premiere in the in 1988, uh, but it, it was uh, really, really badly um, panned. It was an absolute flop, but apparently had a big problem with the blood uh, kept clogging up everybody's mics, you know, when they dropped <laughs> it from the ceiling and stuff. So uh, that was very... And, and then American Psycho uh, ha- premiered in 2013. And does anyone want to guess who played um, Patrick Bateman? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Was it Christian Bale? No. Well, he's here today, Matt Smith. Uh, ah. uh, the other Matt Smith. I was very good in that. The Doctor Who. Doctor Who, Matt Smith played oh. him. Uh, and it looks That's great because... It, amazing trivia. Wow. Yeah, it was interspersed with... Um, it has a kind of an electronica score and Ooh. it's all interspersed with like 1980s music. Actually, looks pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, and The Exorcist, which I thought had not been in 2013, mm-hmm. was released as a rock musical parody experiment. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I feel like if, if anything exists, it will have happened as a musical at the Edinburgh Fringe. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. This podcast is actually being made into a musical. <laughs> for next year's oh my God, let's workshop that. So the last one is something that I've always wanted to know and I only discovered yesterday. What is the difference between a Broadway and an off-Broadway show? Does it come does it come down to like audience capacity or ticket price? Like a, oh maybe ticket I'm sure price. Yeah. A, I'm sure there's a more interesting uh... So it's got nothing to do with the location of the theatres or like a certain number of theatres are Broadway theatres and a certain number aren't. No. So. 
th- that, um, that is that is, I'm sure that is part of it but but there's there'd be a more of a reason um it could be connected to the unions there could be a different union yeah perhaps. yeah all exciting answers uh, <laughs> all, <laughs> all funny 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, only four of the 40 Broadway theaters are actually on Broadway like physically mm. yeah hmm oh. Mm. So, I, I, Matt actually, I think Emma had it. Uh, it's to do with it's to do with seat capacity. Seat capacity. God, how boring! And loads of theaters in America have like weirdly the exact same specific numbers. So I can't remember the numbers now, but like loads of theaters might be ninety nine seats with loads of space around it, and loads of theaters might be one hundred ninety nine seats because they're trying to stay out of the upper band that they'd have to pay people. You're in. dead right. Oh. It's, yeah, under ninety nine seats is cons- sorry ninety nine and four nine nine seats is off Broadway. Okay. Over five hundred is Broadway, and then anything with less than ninety nine seats is off off. Uh, off, off, off. Ooh, so you're dead right. Uh, they, that's why they, 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 you'll see it t- theaters with 99 seats or those kind of unusual numbers. So uh, well done on the quiz, guys. Great to have some experts in the mix. And <laughs> thank what you. What we usually nice like to, to do is start off with everybody's opening statements on musicals. Hugh, do you got, how do you guys want to do it? Do you want to go first, or do you want to let the guys? Yeah, sure. Well, why don't we start and then we can can leave it to our guests. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that many musicals. I've probably seen. Four or five, I feel, and all fairly big ones. Like, I've never been to small, I've certainly never been to like 99 seat ones. I've seen a couple in London and I've seen a couple in um, the Board Gosh Theatre in, uh, in Dublin. So, like, big, big productions. Um, and I don't know, I think there's probably a part of me that's like, oh, I don't want to go and see a musical. Like, it's just, well, if I want to see good music, I go to a concert, and if I want to see good <laughs> acting, I'd watch a film or watch a play, and instead I'm just getting the worst of both. Whereas, any time I've been, I've had a great time, you know? So I feel, I, I feel I'm kind of pre-wired to scoff at them. But I have to say, yeah, I haven't had a bad experience in musicals. But my experience, as I say, has only been with, like, extremely successful ones. Like, I've literally seen The Lion King, Hamilton, Mary Poppins and Matilda. So gigantic musicals. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear kind of more of the, the inside scoop from our guests. What about you, Will? Well, I had this, similar to you when I was younger, Hugh. I was like, oh, I don't like musicals. And then my sisters, when we went to visit London when we were younger, they were like, let's go to see Wicked. I was like, oh, Wicked, blah. Watched it, absolutely adored every Correct. second of it. Bawled my eyes out. Holy mackerel. It was incredible. I'd never heard someone sing and just the noise they were making made me cry. What?! It was unbelievable. So mm-hmm. I really like them. I have also seen a lot of terrible ones because uh, as an actor in London who have, has friends who are actor musos, you see, you see some bad plays. You see some bad musicals, but that's okay. And when you see the good ones, they, they are good. Uh, Matt, your, your opening thoughts on musicals, you don't have to come to a final judgment. That's for the end of the podcast. But your it's opening co- thoughts. It's complex, right? Because I spent so much of my younger life loving them and like being in musicals and I've been in so many musicals as a child and then like the slow gradual realization that they're totally naff uh, but then like in college <laughs> like doing parodies of them and they're really fun to be in and fun to like write uh, like Matt your own ones. a beautiful show called Obama Mia which um, they brought to uh, Edinburgh with I highly think, commercially success. successful <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
he's now a household name after it. Uh, I Obama, played so. Hillary Clinton in the original <laughs> production. I didn't uh, participate in the Edinburgh production, but it was really, really funny and good. Yeah. And then, thank you, Emma. Um, <laughs> I thought you were a great Hillary, uh, and you'd have won. Um, uh, and then, the kind of later in life, after years of being like, ah, oh, musicals are crap and not wanting to go to musicals, kind of realising the the good in them, realising like what an expertly done musical can actually uh, achieve, like either like sometimes you mm. feel yourself welling up during it, it's like, shit, I thought now I only like the funny ones, but actually the sad, beautiful ones are making me feel as well. So I, yeah. I guess it'll just be like a roller coaster of like, I hate them, I love them. I hate them, I love them. And I think because they're so accessible to do, people have seen so many bad ones. And I think that's why you have the, most people have this feeling about like musicals are crap because they've seen uh, a school production or even a professional one in town. Uh, that is because they're so easy to get wrong. Like it's it's it like so many stars can align quite quickly to create a total shit show of a musical production. Is it something where you do need big production values? Like do, does it? I'm not saying it's directly proportionate, but does because you know some plays can be super stripped down and super bare bones and can be incredible and relying so much on what the actors are doing and the writing or whatever else. For musicals, do you think you like? Does it really help to have a lot of money in it? It just depends. Like say like a Sondheim. I'm not a massive Sondheim fan, but like his stuff you could do in a little black box, most of them. Um, okay. Uh, but then it, it, it just depends. It's like anything. It's like, yeah, I don't want to see Mary Poppins in The Sugar Club. You know, I need like yeah. huge the production. Like the audience can only stretch their imagination so far. Yeah. Uh, like you need to yeah. satisfy that okay. a little bit. Mm. Uh, like yeah. there's... When you when Anya was asking the question earlier about the you saying or when Emma said the Lion King was the highest grossing uh, box office, just thinking of the highest grossing while it was running uh, musical uh, what uh, ever in terms of per weekly take was Spider Man the musical which uh, Bono wrote and yeah. but it was it was making so much money per week but it was l- still losing more money per week because it was so expensive insurance costs were so <laughs> and high and people kept keep getting injured. Well, yeah. So it previewed for a whole year because they kept getting things wrong. They could they had to keep pushing opening it. On the original opening night, Spider Man got stuck in the lighting rig and broke his arm. <laughs> uh, and but like another spider broke his back at one point. Like there's an there's an incredible book on it which I must implore everyone to read by the writer. So the guy who got the script off Neil Jordan when Neil Jordan was kicked off the project, uh, and it's with Julie Tamar who did The Lion King uh, to great success. Uh, and actually you two come out all right in the book they seem kind of sound and like naive and foolish uh, but the guy the, the writer who wrote the script is like he like he's just a total weasel the fact he's written this book and talks about the inside out of the of the project but it's so enjoyable and like you know and, ex- and like <laughs> i think whatever your interest in the industry is uh you'll find the fascinating bit of it like uh the only person who made the most money of it was alan cummings who was on retainer the whole time to be in it but by the time they could finally start rehearsals he's like i'm on another project now but he'd made like <laughs> hundreds amazing. of thousands before that of just being like yeah i might be in this musical sure uh or they had like a a big thing they wanted to do with a web at the end of act one and uh unsurprisingly and uh they were like we need to we need to go over budget by 80 grand and but we're still not sure if it would work to achieve it 
Or we could go over budget by one million and we'd only be 95% that it would work. No But way. we would be the first to have tried it. And the producers were like, hmm, that does the first you say. So, yeah. That oh reminds God. me of when um, when friends of mine and I rented a barge on someone's stack and we were told, like, for the insurance. I can't remember what it was, but it was basically you could pay, like, 50 euro insurance and that would cover you for all the various bits and pieces that could happen or you could pay like a thousand euro deposit which you'd get back if nothing happened but which would cover you if you totaled the barge and we were like i mean it's not a question of how likely it is but like do we just want to destroy a barge <laughs> you know like pay a thousand euro and ruin an entire barge yeah <laughs> exactly yeah it's not our fault you know we're, we're on a track like a character in a musical there's only one ending for us Chekhov's you know? barge yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, Emma uh, I'm gathering that you are a fan of musicals but maybe maybe yeah. there's more to it what's your uh, what's your opening take I was trying to reflect last night I don't know how to sum up how much musicals mean to me like they really are the backbone of my artistic enjoyment in life um like matt i was in many as a a youth um and in college um and i never went to the like hatred place that you went to Mm. i went i i I, there was the realization that like this is a deeply uncool thing to like but i was always (laughs) and i do I, i do totally understand that i don't try to defend i always i always understand when people don't like musicals um uh but uh, I'm sad for them because some of my most ecstatic experiences have been in watching a musical. And I, but I do think it's really hard to get them right. And, and I was actually, a question I was posing to myself last night was, is a bad musical less tolerable than a bad play? Um, we could open that to the floor. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I have seen so many that are really painful and have brought people with me who wouldn't necessarily be musical fans, and I feel so enraged that they are being subjected to it as well, you know, sullying yeah. their idea of musical theatre. Um, it's, it's a very particular skill. It's like not, like, you know, you need all of the, the skills to make a good musical. It's like, you would, why are there less operas at the Edinburgh Fringe? You can't just have a bash at an opera. Like, you need to be really good. And I think musicals, yeah, you need, something very special needs to happen on all fronts to make it really good but that magic is oh stunning can i ask a question um about musicals where there is still where where not all of the libretto is sung mm-hmm. so where you have songs and then you have spoken word whereas you have other musicals where the entire libretto is sung are i mean are do we both do we view both as pure musicals that's a good is now there, this is something is that an operata is that Matt, what that's you called? Be, you, I don't. you probably have the most knowledge on to answer that question. I think as I knew this like as, years ago. I didn't really as, understand as the word libretto. So, likes both opera and musicals. Surely you can differentiate. Yeah, I think I knew this when I was really young, and then stopped caring, and my mind was like, "I'm going to push that fact right yeah, I mean, out." It's, it's quite a boring question. <laughs> well, I, no, I think but... I think the thing you're talking about, Hugh, is something is some stuff is sung through. I think is the word. So. Evita oh. and Hamilton are entirely sung, but I don't know what the I don't know yeah. what the word is for something that's not. 
But it does get awkward, like in Avita, when they're trying to talk about like the intricacies of Argentinian politics, and they have to be like, "We'll just sing this weird plot point." Like that gets. Would you you just give us an example of that, Anya? Uh, the uh, British are. I don't know. I don't know anything about Argentinian politics. Uh, the cat <laughs> uh, me and you. <laughs> a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Uh, there's a lot of corruption. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the problem was that no one had counted you in. That's yeah. what was holding you back. You totally ignored my count. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. said it in a different. I think time. it's fair to say to, to guess that the British are because whether or not whatever is a villainous country uh, in a musical, they will always have a British accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's like down yeah, southern yeah. states of America. The villain will have somehow have that kind of Vincent yeah. Price yeah. English swag. <laughs> so they should. Uh, I I think villains. I think uh, both forms are excellent. It's a real shame though when the dialogue is way less good. Sorry to use the cor- the technical <laughs> term. To use an example. Way less bad, <laughs> less bad than the songs, and that happens a lot. <laughs> that there's just like filler. Whereas mm. in Rodgers and Hammerstein. You know, The King and I, um, Oklahoma, like the dialogue is so fun and funny and witty as well. Like you need the whole package. Mm. Um, mm. Obviously, a lot of those ones have not aged well, but they are still magical to me in many ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fun fact about Rodgers and Hammerstein is they... I was also in a uh, production of The King and I, which... Um, <laughs> Uh, in which my siblings played Siamese children, as they were called. Well, Thai now, we would say. Very, very... Oh, I thought you meant conjoined. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. The King King and I takes place in what was then called Siam, which is Thailand. Um, Yes. No, not Siamese. Were you in that, Matt? No. No, that's one of the few problematic uh, musicals I haven't been in. Matt, were you about to give us a fun fact about Rodgers and Hammerstein? Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's not even that interesting. I tried. (laughs) That Rodgers and Hammerstein hated each other so much by the end of their career, they would put the lyrics under the door uh, for the other one to write the music on. Uh, They wouldn't even look at each other or exchange it. It would just be like... Although I like the idea that in this fact that they kind of live together, maybe still, even though they hate each other and are super (laughs) rich, but yeah, they wouldn't. Wouldn't that be a fantastic musical? Oh, absolutely. It would be, it would be. Yeah, Yeah, let's workshop that after this. Uh, So guys, you're obviously like know a lot about musicals, but are there any musicals that you think are absolutely like awful and that you've never seen a good production of and that you think should be put on humanity's uh, trash heap? Well, you just brought up Evita. I could live without Andrew Lloyd Webber completely. I Ooh. don't, and that's <laughs> perhaps controversial. I Evita is probably the one I like the most, but I just I'm not into it at all. I and I think he's annoying, and I think we could all use some time away from his over. <laughs> Yeah. The man who flew back to in his private jet to vote for Brexit? Annoying? No, no, I don't. Oh, no, it was the wealth tax. That was it. He came back to vote against that. That was it. It was something noble, either way. <laughs> exactly, yeah, a noble cause. A musical has to fully commit to what it is. Like, it really has to fully embrace itself in order to be truthfully, yeah, emo- emotionally true, yeah. We don't want, we don't want a kind of ironic uh, Oklahoma like. I will say though, I, like with I saw a version of Oklahoma, uh, which I sent your brother to as well, Emma, last two years ago on Broadway, oh, yeah, I remember you and it's like a really <laughs> weird contemporary version of it. But they don't change like a line, they don't change a single note. 
but it's just how it's staged and the fact that there's, you know, uh, black actors in the cast and, you know, people with disabilities in the cast. And it's, like, stunning and so strange. And, like, it was... The audience was full of old, white, rich Americans thinking that they'd gone to, like, a day in Broadway to see Oklahoma streaming out of the aisles. Especially during, like, the dream <laughs> sequence was a young black ballerina doing this, like, hard rock ballet sequence at the start of Act 2. And there was just, like, old people being like, this isn't what I wanted, like, leaving. But it was amazing because it's really, Where's like... Where's Hugh Jackman? It, I need him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it just highlighted all the, like... The weird race stuff in it, and yeah. uh, and you know what it says about America. And is there anything you guys would like to see made into a musical? This is the question that sent me into like a, a not a spin, but like me too, Matt. It's something I like during let's say lockdown one. I was like, all right, okay, I've got a bit of time now. Everything's closed. What will be the thing I adapt as? What will be like that? And like you think of something, and you're like, oh, that could be good, or it could be absolute horseshit. And you're trying to figure out, it's that thing of like, are you going to really go for it with something of massive scale? Or are you going to go for like, the strip down, this is a nice idea. Like, I was looking at like, A Brave New World could be like, that could be something that could be funny and sci-fi and big, Mm. but also could be so shit. (laughs) That's a dichotomy we live in. I was thinking, although I appreciate this is tough because it's obviously a much longer, a much bigger uh, story, but The Wire... How great would a wire musical oh be? I mean, which would you series? Do? Like, and you've so many. Would you do it season by season? I don't know what the to do. The docs. It would have to be the docs. I mean, I, look, I'm, uh, the I'm the ideas good. guy. You know, I'm sending it over to you guys now. So off you go. Have any of you ever gone to those like big? I haven't, but those big commercial Irish productions of like Michael Collins the musical or Angela's Ashes, Ashes the musical. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, there are things like every every yeah. couple of years. It's some like. Yeah really bad idea put on put on stage <laughs> that i think it must do kind of well that like they keep making them every so often but i don't know what they what how low the bar is i'd say you get i'd say you get loads and loads of secondary school classes being oh yeah those, you know like i'd say you're doing the book or you've mm. been watching michael collins or something like that and you just i'd say that's what keeps them going <laughs> you know his teacher's <laughs> just saying this is a half day out of school let's go <laughs> Kids are delighted they're gone as well, you know. I'd say that's I'd say that's the main market for Matt those. Matt and I went to see Miss Saigon in Borgosh a couple of years ago, and there were a lot of school children. And I think the teachers were like, "We'll teach them about the Vietnam War." You don't really learn much about the Vietnam War from Miss Saigon. Um, <laughs> you learn about trauma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the worst? What's the worst idea to adapt into a musical? What is the uh, mind the depth? Oh, just what's something the worst really thing distasteful that I don't even want to say out loud. Like, yeah, okay, you know, great. Like, yeah. like, like, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but room the but like room the movie has been turned into a musical, what? and that was absolute dog shit. Whoa, like what? that's like yeah, it's the, one of the characters is the the boy's imaginary friend. So the little boy's imaginary. So oh, yeah. like, so they're having singing. Uh, duets the whole time the like the main set is a room of course yeah. on a revolve and then like I guess the movie was really good but it uh, the musical was not not good I was thinking like Mandolin Laundry the musical like oh someone will do that someone absolutely yeah. will do like Laundry the musical yeah. so uh, not Andrew Lloyd Webber what's his name Cameron McIntosh the West End producer he had at the point 
he had gone bankrupt like four or five times uh, with like different ideas and different shows that hadn't um, hadn't worked out or his company had her. And in the West End, you, there's this weird when you're raising money as a commercial producer, if you're at a certain level, you have to do it with a more established producer. So you're kind of always pitching two different co-producers in your early days to get them on board with your idea. So you just can't uh, nominate yourself as a commercial producer, then go rogue, raise loads of money and then just uh, not work out uh, so uh, he like had been bankrupt loads and he went into this like really senior well renowned uh, co-producer uh, who was like how are you doing I hope you're okay the ideas haven't worked out and he was like well I have this new idea he's like okay what is he's like it's the cats saying the poetry of T.S. Eliot <laughs> <laughs> and the guy said get out of my office <laughs> And then it became a massive hit. That's mad. There's a a great, a really excellent new musical that I saw recently, which was one of the first things I saw after the old, um, uh, well, after England decided COVID doesn't exist anymore. Um, uh, Went to the Southwark Playhouse to see Operation Mincemeat. It's about the, um, there was a, in the Second World War, they came up with this crazy scheme I don't think that's how they referred to it, <laughs> but they came up with a scheme where they got they found it they got a dead body and put a load of fake plans, like military plans, on the dead body. Dropped the dead body uh, on the coast where they the German troops would find them, and then it it made Hitler move his troops in a certain way based on those plans that had been found, and then they then uh, the Allied troops went into Sicily or somewhere beginning with S. But it was a real story. And it's an amazing story of them coming up with this plan and then also very poignant and moving because they talk about the actual... Because they had to find an actual dead body. So they sort of... They found this this homeless guy who drowned and they, they'd sort of just used him. But then the musical has this beautiful ode to the actual man who they found out who it was and stuff. Okay, and I'm like desperate it's, it's to see this. Amazing. This sounds amazing. <laughs> it is... I would highly recommend it. It's such a brilliant musical. Also, the way I'd pitch it to that my friend produced it, and the way she pitched it to me, she was like, "There is a scene where the Nazis do a rave song." So I was like, "Well, a rave tune sung by a bunch of a bunch of SS soldiers. I, I want to see that. That sounds absolutely bonkers." I'm in. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that we've talked about a lot in this podcast is, you know, whether or not something is a legitimate like or not. Are the, do the fans make something better or worse? And one thing that I think, as somebody who's maybe not a massive fan of musicals is that sometimes the fans can be very annoying. And Emma, you mentioned people who indiscriminately love musicals and love every musical. I 100% agree, Anya, and I'm afraid I I know people who are like that, who are, like, yeah, indiscriminately obsessive, I think. And I I try to rein in the kind of evangelicalizing about musicals. It's like, I totally Mm. respect if people don't get it. You know, like, my, my sister loves ballet, and it doesn't move me at all. And that doesn't, it, no, it, there's, it's like horses for courses, courses for horses, whatever. Um, I'm not evangelical about it. And I think people who are, are very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as always, it's that thing that we come back to, which is that, of course, it's not all the fans, but the fans who you hear are the annoying ones. Yes. You know, the loud fans, the fans yeah. who talk about stuff. And like, yeah, I remember even before Hamilton, like oh. there were, I was in this room with various other people and suddenly two of them just started deciding to sing various Hamilton songs. And, I mean, whatever, they were all right singers. They certainly weren't amazing singers. They maybe hadn't sung all that much 
that type of music. Anyway, they were fine, but it's like, no, well, now I am determined to loathe this musical. Then, of course, I listened to Hamilton. I then went to see it. I do think it's incredible, but it's like, it had to do a bit of work after those people really tried to force it on me, you know? Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so I think it's, it's always that thing of like... Then the, sa- the same can be true, I think. Almost anything, you know, those, that type of fan. Like, we talked about this with Star Wars, we talked Har- about it Harry with Potter. Disney, we talked about it with whatever yeah. else. Yeah, like I'm Harry a Potter, absolutely, diehard absolutely. Harry Potter fan, and I am so irritated by annoying American teenagers who are like... Yeah, me too. Emma, can you American tell me what you did the night before the last book was, uh, was released? Matthew and I were in Rome, and we went to... Uh, we hosted a, a Harry Potter costume party. I dressed up as um, uh, Professor Trelawney. Matt was Quirrell. Um, I don't know, did we put a face on your head? I think you just had a turban. Yeah. Um, Will the problematic hit? Yeah, never I was going to think if we cut that bit from the. <laughs> <laughs> and we went and we, found, we sourced. The, the one English language bookshop that was open at midnight and we did make friends with some uh, American Harry Potter fans. So do and you I, not I, think you're your annoying fan friend in this story? <laughs> but I wasn't encroaching my fandom on anyone else. Like, we were all in it together, no? Okay. I, I okay. always think mm. the line is, so you know if you go into Penny's, uh, or Primark Will, as you, your people call it, um, <laughs> don't know what that voice is, uh, it... <laughs> That was pretty accurate. It's one of your better ones, actually. Can we do it as a Geordie? Just to give you something to... Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Call it. Yeah. No. No, it's gone. <laughs> I, I've... You bail so quickly. Like, you we're barely into no the second syllable. Pra- Primark. No. Can anyone do Primark as a Geordie? Like Primarni? You could call no, it Primarni? <laughs> no, it's not. It is. It's like a bit... The Valley's... Pr- it's fucking Primark. not, mate. Um, you know when you go into a pet you, you just tried to do a Jolly accent failed and then gave me notes um, on mine <laughs> um, if you go into Penny's and there's all the Harry Potter pyjamas and all yeah. the Harry what do they call Penny's in the UK sorry I'm just not clear Primark Primark okay, yeah. <laughs> the, the shame in your voice uh, and <laughs> you know where people are, everything in their houses like they have Harry Potter dishware they have Harry Potter pyjamas Harry, yeah. I mean, I think that's the line. So, Emma, if you're actually wearing a cat's onesie or something, you know, I think then we'd, we'd have no. a problem. I do, I do have, like, a, no a beautiful Hamilton libretto with all the annotated notes, which is at one of my treasures. But it's not in anyone's that's face. Cool. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Except, for, except, cool, for, the po- except for the you. poor <laughs> the poor actor you stole it off, clearly, from the original production. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, David Diggs is like, where are my lines? I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I never learned it. Like when you guys go to musicals, are you queuing up? At, are you queuing up at the merch stand afterwards? Mm, no, no, not for musicals. No, my Wicked CD is signed by Adina Menzel, and that is a treasure. Whoa! Yeah, oh, that's yeah, cool. Thank that's you, cool. Will. I think it's pronounced Adele Dazim. Adele Dazim. <laughs> Adele Dazim. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen John Travolta. Mispronouncing Adina Menzel's name. Look it up now. Okay. Oh, it's amazing! It's it's at the Oscars, and he goes, and the wickedly talented Adele Dazim. He really goes for the wicked, uh, and then totally fucks her yeah. name up. <laughs> oh, John! When I went to Matilda, there were quite a few. Well, certainly at least three, I would say, 
uh, like small children who were there uh, to see it and they dressed <laughs> up as Matilda, which at that age is quite cute, I think, because they were like seven, yeah. you know. But yeah, I mean, certainly if, if I'd gone dressed as Matilda or Miss Trunchbull or, or any of them, I feel it would. Although I was actually thinking as a, as a Halloween costume for school next year, I think Miss Trunchbull could be a great one, you know, because it is yeah. traditionally played by a man. I have the, to say, when I went the, to Matilda, I absolutely adored it. And I was like, himself so in the audience everyone else was mothers with kids and i was like standing up clapping like a fool at whatever the wednesday matinee was and i, have I actually absolutely seen adore three it times and oh wow every single time nice it, it uh, it's brilliant i i did um a couple of years ago when i was i was teaching third class and i decided for, sometimes so i do a lot of songs with them and sometimes it'll be vaguely related to something we're learning and other times i'm just like this is a great song let's do it and so we did when i grow up from Matilda, and but i got uh, so i played piano for them and then i got another one one of the teachers who's a listener actually so shout out to jay who's also an amazing musician and can play any instrument, basically. And he came and played bass on it. But we were playing while, the, while all these eight-year-olds were singing When I Grow Up. And, like, the two of us were just like, just keep it together. Just We can't, can't break down the tears <laughs> in front of the children. It is an amazing song. And the thing that really gets me when the kids are singing it is it's like you don't know what this is about, you know? Like, you don't, yeah, you don't get it. First, there's an amazing yeah. version. If, if you ever actually just hear Tim Minchin singing it and playing it himself, oh my it's God. incredible it's as well because, because he does know what it's about, you know? He's because it up. is all this, like, you know, when I grow up yeah. and all the things that I'm going to be able to do and I'll be strong enough to, you know, face the challenges and I'll be brave enough to fight the creatures under the bed and, oh, it's incredible. I think it's an amazing music. And Tim Minchin is just mm. incredible. I don't know, has he written other musicals? Because... I want to go and see them if he has. I was doing a show in London a couple of years ago and I uh, I sang to myself uh, When I Grow Up, that song you were singing there, Hugh, and was just like singing it. And then one of the venue staff said, can you please not sing that, please? I was like, oh, that's really odd because it was a strange thing for that to someone who was super pleasant in town to kind of snap at. And then someone else in the venue told me that it was in Shoreditch Town Hall and that, oh, in the summer, they rent out Shoreditch Town Hall to the entire cast of Matildas so they can bleed in the new Matildas. So that all the people who work in the offices of Shoreditch Town Hall <laughs> have to listen to when I grow up, when I... But, like, but the start of their journey when they can't sing it all the way to when they get yeah, to be going yeah. into the ether. So it's just like the one musical you are not allowed to sing in yeah. that building at fucking all. <laughs> That's Amazing. incredible. And Matt, can I just ask you, what's your fantasy role in musicals? To be clear, this is oh, not a, shit. This is yeah. not legitimate likes after. <laughs> well, dark. it could be. It could be both, right? Um, uh, yeah. What is my fantasy role? So I played a role in Little Shop of Horrors, which was the dentist, which I loved. And I really couldn't have enjoyed playing a part he more. Really um, And it was played by Steve Martin in the original movie. And absolutely loved it. And I kind of am happy with that. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, You're living or, your dream. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Or actually played. We did South Park the musical in college and got to play uh, uh, Satan, uh, uh, which was great and really enjoyed that as well. <laughs> yeah, or Michael Collins and the revival of Michael Collins. <laughs> so you have achieved your fantasy. You've nothing. You've nothing left to achieve in your life, is what you're saying. Yeah, I peaked. Yeah, peaked. yeah. You've already done it. Whoa, Emma. So what would your dream role be? Um, this is so difficult. Um. I it's it for me the question is more like who would I like to be because I so musical stars are like icons for me so if you don't know who Sutton Foster mm. is you need to look her up on YouTube and I would like to be Sutton Foster in Anything Goes or Thoroughly Modern Millie because she sings she tap dances she sings while she's tap dancing she is like a superhuman freak um and I would like to be <laughs> her but in okay. terms of a role um, this is a weird one, but I would like to play Javert from Les Mis because I love, I just oh, love him. Nice. I just think stars, like, he's so dark and brooding and I would, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. That's great good answer. answer. Will, who would you like to play? What's your, what's the dream role? I think it'd be really funny if I was like Alpha Burr in Wicked because I can't sing. <laughs> I can't sing that well, but I'd I'd I think it'd be so funny just to give like I can act, sure. I can't really dance, but I think it'd be just <laughs> really funny for me to be really giving it socks but never hitting the right notes. I when think that'd I was be great. in college I did uh, drama and theatre studies and um for one of our modules in directing you had to pick twenty minutes from any play or show to do and one of my friends wanted to just go hell for leather and do the 20 minutes of defying gravity (laughs) and and like we were just in a very small lecture theater for this assignment i don't think he actually did it in the end but like oh that would have just been so (laughs) stunning i'm that's definitely a a song i'm thinking of doing with my sixth class girls at the Ah. end of the year i'm like yeah i want them crying for their graduation so you know i feel that's one that might get you you're lucky you're lucky students yeah well yeah i mean they don't know much maths or english or irish god they know their musical god they can break your heart by song (laughs) hugh what's your dream role in in a musical um, so of an existing role, I have to say, I think Miss Trunchbull is amazing. I think it's such yeah. a great role. It's such a great character in the book. And I mean, I think, yeah, and I, I've only seen it on stage once, but I think, it's, it's, I think it will be so much fun. In terms of, I mean, again, you know, whenever you ask me questions like this, I've no imagination. I do actually think, and you're going to, you've got to stay with me on this one, because normally when I say snooker, right, I know people make a certain face, but we lost it. We lost, Alex Higgins. We lost I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Oh, you lost me. Yeah, I hope he's saying something great because we can't hear him. <laughs> oh, great! You did all freeze, and I was like, they haven't reacted the normal way they do when I say snooker. But I don't know if you know much about Alex. <laughs> you said snooker. Alex Hurricane Higgins, and possibly there is a musical about him already, was a Northern Irish uh, snooker player uh, who won the World Championship in 1972 and 1982. But he, he had a very tragic life because he was an alcoholic and he had many, many demons. And like, I don't know, did he abuse other drugs as well? But I think there would be an incredible musical to be made about his life. And he died in absolute ignominy and poverty. Um, and... Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think I would be necessarily the person to play him, but I would enjoy it certainly. Say, and I'd say yeah. you could be the Irish Lin Manuel Miranda. 
Yeah, actually, maybe I should get on to Matt. Maybe that's the podcast that needs, or the podcast, the, the musical that needs to be made. I think it would be incredible. Maybe there is one already, though. And we could call it The Hurricane and play the Bob Dylan song, which wouldn't relate to it at all. Um, will we move towards our closing, our closing statements? Yes. So, Matt, is, is what, we've discussed it all. Is, is musicals a legitimate uh, like? I think they are a legitimate like. And as much as I'll grapple with the question of how much I love or hate them over the years, there's enough absolutely excellent versions of it for it to exist. And there just happens to be, with this more than most other things in life, loads of shit ones. But I think the, the ones that are good uh, solidify its place as a legitimate like. Yeah, so to be honest, what Matt said has really inspired me. <laughs> that I think he, I don't really have anything more to add because that, like, it's just a beautiful way of articulating it. And I think, I think you know, you get obsessive fans on either side. You get people who are evan- evangelical on both sides of people going like, ah, I hate all musicals. It's like, well, you don't because you haven't seen all musicals. The form might be a bit of a barrier for you, but you, like, every musical is different and it, they, there are good ones and bad ones. And to be honest, I was never going to come on here and say they were an illegitimate like. Is that the opposite? <laughs> they are illegitimate like from me. It's a big old yes from Will. Hugh? Yeah, again, I think, as you say, there's, there's probably loads of rubbish out there. But, like, some of them, they do just... I think they do get at you in a way. It's the power of music, I guess. They get at you in a way that a play doesn't necessarily. And because there's a story going on, then they get at you in a way that maybe just listening to music might not I think when they're done well that combination is so incredible and um, certainly yeah Matilda I I saw it as incredible Hamilton you know it's one of those things again that I think people do want to hate because the hype is so big but it's one of the greatest live things I've ever seen in my life absolutely incredible so yeah I mean I am so far behind everyone else on this podcast in terms of expertise on it but I gotta say yeah I'm going to uh yeah, I'll, I'll go and see some more musicals. I'll, I'll teach more songs to my kids. And uh, yeah, it's a legitimate like from me. Hooray! Over to you, Emma. Well, I, I feel like it's pretty clear what I think. <laughs> um, it is... Yeah, there, there's such magic when uh, all of the elements... We haven't even talked about how important choreography is, particularly in the vocabulary of Hamilton. Like, the, the visuals of that show were yeah. so unique... Um, sorry, I know it's so unique, doesn't make sense, but you know, they were completely themselves. And that was the same with Wicked. When I saw Wicked, you know, that the, the, mm. the way they moved was completely different. Um, yeah, so when, when every element comes together, it's really magic and not like anything else. And uh, bad musicals are, are difficult, <laughs> but uh, it can't not be legitimate. I love it. Amazing. God, it's so, like, it's so nice hearing people talk about stuff when they're really passionate about it. It just makes you so excited. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would say by the, by the book Sp- Song of Spider-Man by Glenn Berger, because it is an absolute romp. If you're listening to this and you love musicals, you're musical curious, get that. Musical curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm a complete Grinch about musicals and I've been really uh, swayed by this. So, you know, well, well. what would you... <laughs> What would you have voted on you? At the start, I would have said no, but uh, th- then I actually started listening to a lot of songs and musicals last night in preparation. I was like, oh, these are great. Like, it isn't, it isn't like yeah. any other type of music. And the, the, the cheesiness or the, like, the lack of nuance is kind of what makes them so lovable. You know, mm-hmm. that, it, that, you know this, I was listening to uh, you know, the Cell Block Tango from 
Oh. Chicago. And oh. I was like, oh, this Stunning. is so Amazing. good. I, 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 I've never even seen yeah, that. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I'm a Grinch about them because I think, oh, musicals. But, like, actually, they're great. And having you and Matt on and your guys are so passionate about it was really lovely. And <laughs> I would 100%. I actually, a group of my friends went to see Book of Mormon a few months ago and I refused to go and now I regret it now I regret ah, it so. Book of Mormon is class you missed out you missed out uh, and all my friends went to London to see Hamilton and I also refused to go and I missed out on a fun trip to London because I was such a Grinch so it's on me um, open your heart open your heart to the musicals yeah I will thank you Emma no cover your heart Indy <laughs> <laughs> terrible advice <laughs> Uh, this has been one of my favourite episodes thanks so much for coming on Emma and Matt this was great thanks so much uh, everyone this was uh, this was tremendous fun oh listen thanks for facilitating my arch nerdery uh, it's been a joy thank you mm. so much that's been great it's been great and uh, you should buy Emma's book uh, it's called Stuff Happens and it's available uh, from I think most reputable yeah. retailers in fact if they're not stocking the book don't shop yeah, there anymore yeah thank you well I actually had a musical jingle for my book which never got used um, <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. everything is better, but other stuff happens. Everything better, the words don't matter. Everything better when all stuff happens. Yeah, stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> that is, is that an exclusive? That that was <laughs> an exclusive to the pod. Yes. Oh my God, we got an exclusive. <laughs> The lyrics are yet to be worked out, but that was the little tune that would go in my head during the intense months of promo. And I always meant to film a video of it, but I never did. So exclusive to the pod. There you go. Well, now's the time. Now's the time. I wonder maybe as a hundredth as a hundredth episode, I feel we should do a musical episode. And maybe Matt, you could come back and produce it for us. Perfect. Emma can star. Sorry, so we have to write a whole musical yeah. about this. Yeah. That, we have a, a contender for the worst idea for a musical adaptation. Serial, the musical, the podcast. Whoa. Wow. That, Actually, yeah. That is a That's great a idea. idea. Or West Cork, the musical. Oh, no, too soon. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, everybody. I love that. Like, Wouldn't you? I, yeah. I mean, that would, people would go people and would see, go it. see it. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure, people buy his pizzas. They're definitely going to well, go and see a musical. Oh, his name is escaping me. He's such a hilarious com- comedy villain. But it would have to decide yeah. whether he did it or not. Like, it yeah. would, like it's a musical. Yeah. It's kind of hard to leave those things ambiguous, right? Yeah, and he is very and sometimes yeah, yeah. careful. You'd have to, yeah, you'd yeah, have to it cast would be. him in it. Yeah, he would he want would. to play himself. <laughs> like, that is his yeah. vibe. Yeah. That would be amazing. Well, I don't think we're going to top that. Thank you for listening to Legitimate Likes. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at Legitimate Likes. Please rate and review us five stars on Spotify and Apple Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Please tell a friend about us. Tell lots of friends about us. Tell a friend about Emma's book. Thank you, Will, as always, for co-hosting. Thank you, Anya, for your producing. And thank you so much to our amazing guests, Emma Gleeson and Matt Smith. We will see you next time. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. When I grow up I will be vain enough to start a podcast Just a self-indulgent podcast Where I can say whatever I like And when I grow up 
I'll have a friend called Will who'll share the podcast. We'll talk nonsense on the podcast. We'll call it Legitimate Lies. And we'll bring on guests. Cause they'll know way more than us So we will let them give their takes And talk with passion about their stuff But if they're the best I'll make sure they don't take all the credit I'll destroy them in the edit Make it sound like I'm the smartest guy Works every time Once we're set up, once we're set up, once we're set up, we'll start to do things that are more ambitious, like making shows about suspicious men who are suspected of murder. So we'll write a show, we'll write a show, we'll write a show About that guy who never was found guilty But you know people think still he killed that woman so long ago And maybe they're wrong But that's why it's become so important That we try to tell his story in a newer way So we'll write some songs And we'll tell the tale through song and dance Although he's found guilty in France The story here still has to be told Never gets old To admit, have to admit, have to admit, that was my first idea for a podcast, the worst idea for a podcast, but don't forget to like and subscribe. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.